Alright, Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, beginning in uh, verse 20 today. And what we're going to be looking at is really a two-part story. Uh, we're only going to look at the first part today. We'll look at the second part uh, next week, but they go together. Uh, but this part uh, really uh, gives us the uh, the impression of what we uh, what we laid it out for us clearly. The decision a person has to make uh, about Christ. Who is Christ? Uh, and, and if you were to go out and to take one of those cameras, and you were to go out on the sidewalks today, and you were to interview people, and you were to ask them, who is Christ? Uh, I'm sure you get a lot of various answers. Uh, but really, the only, there's only a few uh, legitimate, uh, viable answers uh, for that question. Who is uh, Jesus Christ? Who is he? Um, and, and how can we describe uh, Jesus Christ? Uh, great author C.S. Lewis, some of you may uh, be familiar with uh, Lewis, uh, great author, great apologist for the Christian faith, uh, wrote, uh, for example, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which a few years ago uh, was turned into a movie. Uh, he was um, one, uh, he addressed this, uh, this question uh, many years ago, and the first thing he did, uh, again, I'm going to show you today that, uh, what I want to show you from Scripture and, and, and reasoning here this morning, is there's really only three answers to that question. Uh, who is Jesus Christ? There's really only three ways you can answer that question. You have to pick one. Uh, and and you have to, that has to be your decision uh, that you go with for eternity. One that is not on the table, uh, that C.S. Lewis, let's get one popular one uh, off the table before we uh, dig into Scripture. Lewis uh, was really bothered uh, by the, the, the people who would say, as they still do today, uh, many people say, and you've heard this I'm sure, uh, Jesus was a good man. Uh, he was a good teacher. Uh, he, he was, uh, you know, he was compassionate. He was loving. He was, you know, they, they'll give him all those adjectives uh, and say something along those lines. Just in general, uh, that he was uh, a, a good man, uh, and, and that again just uh, basically infuriated uh, Lewis. He said, "There's no way uh, you can say that Christ was just a good man." Uh, it, because a good teacher, because of what he taught. Uh, if, if you say that Christ was a good teacher, a good man, well, well, he taught that he was the Lord. He taught that he was the only way to heaven. And so if you say he's a good teacher, but not actually the Lord, then he wasn't a good teacher. If I stand up here today and I can teach you with all the eloquence in the world, I can use uh, just the smoothest speech and, uh, and, and draw on the board and, give you, and, and try to tell you that two plus two is seven, I'm not a good teacher, right? You know, no matter how smoothly I do it, no matter how, I can come sit down beside you and put my arm around you and, 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 and hug you while I tell you this information. But if I tell you two plus, if I try to teach you that two plus two is seven, I'm not a good teacher. I'm a liar. I'm a bad teacher. I'm a horrible teacher. Uh, if I try, you know, if I teach you something uh, that is just blatantly wrong. And so Jesus can't be just a good teacher. Uh, there's no way to settle that and, and, and with what he taught. 
uh, because again, he taught uh, that he was the only way to heaven. Well, if he's not the only way to heaven, he wasn't a good teacher. He was a horrible teacher. Uh, you know, he taught uh, some of the things he taught that he was here. He was sent by the Father. He wasn't really sent by the Father. He wasn't a good teacher. Now was he? We, we can't stop and say, now, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying he wasn't a good teacher. What I'm trying to, to get off the table here uh, was this idea that many people say, well, he was just a good teacher. He was just a good teacher. No, he can't be just a good teacher. He has to be Lord, uh, or, or he was a, just a horrible teacher. And so Lewis just, uh, and, and you do some reading and, uh, and read some of the things that he wrote about that. He just uh, railed against that idea. It just it, it infuriated him, uh, apparently, that people would uh, take his Lord and, and, and bring him down uh, to the point of being just a good teacher. And so with that off the table, uh, Lewis said there's really only uh, three ways that you can look uh, and, and categorize Jesus Christ. And I really believe, uh, while I, I've never read this anywhere, uh, I believe that he got this idea uh, from the passage we're going uh, to, to look at uh, today and, and see these three things uh, that, uh, that, uh, that, that, uh, that the Bible describes Jesus as, how he was, uh, how he was assessed in his day, those who actually laid eyes on him, uh, how did they categorize Jesus? Lewis says uh, it's not even possible, it's not a possible consideration of Jesus uh, to say he was a good man, he was a good moral man, uh, that he was uh, a good religious teacher. Uh, he could not be a trustful leader, he could not be a wise uh, he could not be spiritual, uh, he, he, because of one of the, uh, he couldn't be one of the most important people that had ever been, uh, because he claimed to be God. And so, if, if he wasn't actually God after claiming that, you can't call him moral. You know, if, if Archie stood up today and said, "I'm God," we wouldn't think of him as moral. We wouldn't think of him as a good, godly man. We wouldn't think of him as a good teacher. We, nah, something's wrong with him. You know, uh, there's no way. So we can't possibly put him in the category of, uh, of a good good teacher, good man, uh, just a good man, good teacher. And so Lewis finally uh, came to the point where he said that then there's only three ways that we can look at Jesus. He is either a lunatic, a liar, or he's who he said he was. He is either a lunatic, and what Lewis said was he is either a lunatic on the lines of a man who thinks he is a poached egg, he is a liar, or he is loyal. Those are the only three choices we have still today. You have to put him in one of those three categories. You have to decide that his claims, his teaching, he was crazy, he was a liar, but he was really who he said he was. That's what I want us to look at for just a few moments this morning. That's what he would, how he was being looked at all the way back here in the Gospel uh, of Mark. Uh, we see in, uh, in the Gospel uh, of Mark, beginning in verse uh, 20, 21, uh, that it says, A crowd 
came to him. Now, if crowd was what makes you a success, Jesus was a raging success at this point. Uh, they were coming to him from all over the place. Uh, and, and they were gathering around him to, uh, to see and to hear uh, what he might say, to see uh, what he might do, uh, to uh, just to watch the audience. Some of them were there to see what the Pharisees would do. But he had uh, a crowd that was gathered. Uh, and on this particular day, uh, he was gathered, and, and uh, again, this crowd uh, is uh, around him. And uh, it says in uh, verse uh, 21, all right, so let's back up to verse uh, 20, uh, because this is important. Uh, it says, Jesus entered our house, and the crowd gathered uh, again so that they were not even able to eat. And when his family heard this, they set out to restrain him because they said he's a lunatic, or he's out of his mind, or he is beside himself. It is how his family described him, how his own family uh, would look at him. As this multitude begins to uh, respond to Jesus, can you can you envision that uh, again? One of these, uh, you know, again, those small houses, with little flat rooms, and, and, and you know there wouldn't have been any windows or air conditioning. So uh, maybe some of you are old enough to remember. Uh, I've heard that in the old days of camp meetings and big revivals that uh, they would open up the windows to the church and people would back their buggies up uh, to the uh, to the sides of the church and people would stand in the buggy so they could look in the window and, and, and hear the music and hear the preaching and be part of the service. I'm sure uh, that as Jesus is in this small house, probably again uh, back to Peter's house, that there are people, uh, you know, the, the good folks at the front row seat probably up there with their, you know, propped up on the windowsill, looking in. They're packed in the doors. Uh, there's people out in the street. I'm, you know, I, I'm sure there were people, what do you say? Yeah. What do you say? You know, there were people like me who couldn't hear what was going on. What do you say? Yeah, what's going on up there? Those short people who, uh, I won't call them names, those short people who, hey, what's going on up there? It was quite the, the, the scene. And, and they're gathered around, and Jesus is, uh, it is <coughs> excuse me, it is teaching them and, and talking to them. And uh, all of this going on, some of his family and his closest friends who have known him his whole life decide he's lost his mind. He is absolutely insane. And so they say, we've got to do something. You know, we've we got to do something. You know, any of y'all ever had a family member like that? That, you know, you thought, we're going to go get them. You know, we're we going to keep them out of public. You know, something, something. we got to do something. You know, they're embarrassing the whole family. You know, y'all look at me like I'm the only one. And, you know, you mess with me, I'm going to start calling names here. I know most of y'all's family now. Uh, you know, we, we've all probably got a family member like that. You know, somebody walk up and say, aren't you related to something? Huh? Never who? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You know, Suzanne just that Clark all the time, don't you? Yeah, and, we just, you know, somebody like that. Well, his family and his friends are embarrassed by what Jesus is doing, by all the, the, the everything that's going on around them. And so they decide, we're going to go get him and bring him home. We're going to go get him, and we're going to uh, we're going to uh, take him back home. See if we go. we're going to do an intervention. That's what they call it today. Uh, we're going to do an intervention, and we're going to bring him home. 
Now, remember, there's a, a, a good chance, let me, let me veer off just a second. Uh, remember, the Bible talk, tells us that Jesus never, he didn't do any miracles in his hometown. He didn't do any in that. And so, his family living back, they, 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 it's possible they've never seen him do anything. They just heard reports. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that because people were involved, that whatever actually happened, as miraculous as it was, by the time it made it down the grapevine back to Nazareth, I know y'all have never had this happen, but by the time enough people had told that story and it got back home to Jesus' family, what was a miraculous story to begin with was probably, who knows? And so his family decided, we've got to do something. We, we've got to go, we've got to go get him. He is uh, out of his mind. You know, he's in danger. He's endangering other people. It's, you know, it's a real risk. And, and, and I think part of their purpose was, was generally good-hearted. The previous verse, the reason I want to back up and get that verse, uh, was told us that uh, it was so hectic that they hadn't even had anything to eat. Now, how many of you know that mamas have a real burden for their children to eat? Right? Y'all look at me like you, you didn't grow up in that kind of life. You know, mamas want their babies to eat. You know, I, I think about my, own, my, my grandmother, one y'all didn't know. She was funny. Uh, if I walked in her back, we just lived across the street, so I was there probably more than I was home. And uh, I'd walk in the back door, and if, let's, I, I, if she was making salad, for example, I was looking pale and fat, and I needed to eat more salad. But if I walked in the next day and she was making cake, I was looking puny. Here, eat a piece of cake. You know, whatever she was making, you know, she wants you to have some of them. Uh, you know, that's just, you know, that's just the way, uh, you know, most of you have probably been that way even as adults. You know, as you get old and your mama's still living, you get sick. First thing mama wants to do, what? Bring you some soup. Well, you know, bring you something to eat. I'm going to make sure you eat. And so Jesus wasn't eating. Man, he was nervous. You know, something's wrong. You got to take care of him. So I think part of, uh, give them benefit here. I think part of their idea was uh, was good-hearted, but, but again, they, they, the Bible tells us clearly that they that they think he is crazy, that they think he is uh, out of his mind. And if you notice the King James, you, if you have a King James version of the Bible, you'll see that it says, "And they heard." And then you'll see of it is in italics. And when you see that, um, and, and I can't speak for any other translation. I don't know if they all do that or not. I don't know that. I don't know the answer to that question, but I don't. In the King James Version, when you see that, when you see those words in italics, that tells you that that, that that was not in the original Greek, that the translators put that in there uh, to make it 
clearer uh, for the reader in case there was any uh, confusion. And so uh, they added this here because uh, they believed they wanted to make it uh, very clear that, uh, that they, uh, having heard, that, uh, that, that the friends heard not only uh, about the crowds, but they heard about uh, the, the miracles, they heard about the claims, that they heard of it, the it being all the everything that was going on around Jesus. The crowd, the miracles, uh, the claims that he was making. They heard of it. The, the, the big, not just that they heard, but they heard of it. Somebody, they had gotten the whole story. And people had been telling them all these things about uh, the teachings and uh, the, the, uh, the claims he was making and all those things. And they came to a point where his family said, Bible tells us here, they went to take charge of it. And the words that are used there in the Greek literally they went to arrest him. Uh, and same same words you used at the police department was coming. They said, we got to go get him. You know, not we're just going to go talk to him. We're going to go get him. And if necessary, you know, we're going to put him in a hammer lock and bring him home. When they heard of it, they said, we're going to go arrest him. We're going to go get him. They think he's lost his mind. His brothers come. Mama's there, they all come down, and they decide we're going to do something about it. How in the world did they come to this conclusion? What made them decide that Jesus was a lunatic? Well, several things going on there. Again, um, when we uh, look at this, first of all, again, I've already told you, I think part of it, was part of the reason they came was because they were concerned about it. I, I think there was, you know, I, I think in particular Mary, I don't know about his brothers, but in particular his mom, you know, she was worried about it. She, she was concerned he wasn't eating. She was concerned, I'm sure, about the enemies he was making, uh, maybe about the crowd he was keeping. Let's be honest, though, the disciples he picked was a pretty rough bunch. You know, fishermen and tax collectors. He, he wasn't hanging out with the uh, elite of society. Uh, and so I think part of it was Mary was just genuinely uh, concerned about Jesus and his well-being. Secondly, another thing that I think uh, was uh, going on uh, is because, again, they were uh, genuinely afraid uh, that this pace he was keeping, this well, you know, all that he was going on was going was to ruin him physically and ruin his health. Uh, that, that he was, you know, he's going and traveling all over the places. And, uh, and, and again, uh, we see that with, uh, again, that passage that says that he'd been so busy, he didn't even uh, stop to eat. Um, again, I, I think they maybe thought he was uh, crazy because of uh, the, the enthusiasm and how, again, he was wide open. I mean, he was over here healing, he was over there teaching, he was over there raising dead, he was over there uh, giving the blind back to sight. He, he was, you know, he, he was just really busy and the crowd was just really pumped up. 
And so, uh, you know, you, you know, you get a crowd riled up like that. There's, you know, there's, there's, there's could be a problem. And so, uh, maybe this crowd, you know, you get a crowd around you shouting and wanting to see you. Maybe it's when we hate it. You know, maybe he's, you know, got a little puffed up idea uh, of who he is. This crowd uh, has gathered uh, around me. Uh, go back to what I said a moment ago. Maybe they thought he was crazy because of that bunch of people he chose to run around with. You know, there's not anybody else in town who would pick Matthew. You know, Matthew couldn't have, you know, Matthew's own dog didn't like him. Nobody liked tax collectors. You know, Matthew come home, his own dog growled at him. I mean, he just, it, nobody liked him. He's got, he's got one of old stinking fishermen. You know, he's got Simon, the, the zealous, the big rabble-rouser, going against Rome, going against all kids. You know, he, he's picked this bunch of strange people to hang around with. Maybe they've influenced him in a bad way and got him thinking some, some, some crazy thoughts. Um, maybe he was crazy because, you know, again, he's out going against the church. He's calling out the religious leaders and pointing out their flaws. Everybody knows, don't mess with them. Got to be crazy to do that. Um, Maybe he was crazy because of what he was teaching. Because what he's teaching, we've heard all our life. We've heard it from our father Abraham down through David, down all these years. We've heard the same thing. And now you come along and you're teaching something completely different. Jesus, that's not how you were raised. That's not what we taught you when you were a little boy. Where did you come up with that stuff? Family thinks he's lost his mind. So the first opinion of an unbelieving world, for whatever reason, is he's lunatic. You can pick that reason. You choose it. He was lunatic. Second option is here in this passage, he's alive. Look at verse 22. His family says he's out of his mind. Verse 22 says, The scribes who came down from Jerusalem says, He is possessed by Beelzebub, and he drives out demons by the ruler of demons. And so the second option that was put forth that day, his family standing there thinking he's crazy. The religious leaders are standing there and say, no, 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 no. He's not crazy. He's demon-possessed. Well, if he's demon-possessed, then that makes him alive. Because he's been saying he is from God. He's been saying he's here to do the will of the Father. But truthfully, he's of Satan. He's of Beelzebub. He is demon-possessed. He's alive. He's not really of God. He's demon-possessed. That's the only, only option we've got. He's demon-possessed. Can't possibly be uh, who he says he is. So he's got to be alive. Is he really of God? Or is he of the devil? 
It's a choice. So again, these are the only logical choices we have today to make of Christ. He's a lunatic, or he's a liar, or maybe some combination of those two. He's a liar, saying he's of God. He'd have to be, he either is, or he's not. If he's not, then he was a liar, right? Because he claimed over and over and over again to be sent by God. Right? Did I misread that somewhere? Y'all looking at me like I'm making it up. He claimed that, didn't he? Yes. He claimed it over and over. I'm of God. I'm here to do the will of my Father. He claimed to be the Son of God, didn't he? If he wasn't, he was a liar, right? Only choice you got. That or crazy. Only one we've gotten to so far. You gotta, you gotta take that. Was he really the Son of God? Was he, or was he of the devil? Those are only two places he could be from, right? There's only, there's only two powers: good and evil, right? He's either from God or he's from Satan. Isn't that logical? Isn't that the only two places he could be from? Either God sent him to do what he said he was doing. But for some reason, Satan said him for some other purpose. Those are your only two choices. If you choose life, if you choose this option, those are your only two choices. He's got to be from one of those two places. Is belief in him really the only way to God? If it's not, he's lying. He said he was here to do the will of the Father. But if he was sent by Satan, he wasn't here to do the will of God. No, was he? So he's a liar. you got to choose. Is he crazy? Or is he a liar? Those are the two options that have been put out here so far. His family votes crazy. The religious leaders vote liar. They, they say he's, he's possessed by Satan himself. And Jesus responds to them and says in the next verse, after that, when, when they say that, Jesus says, so he called them together, he summoned them and spoke to them. He says, how can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposed himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is finished. No one enters a strong man's house and plunders his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man, then he can plunder the house. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven for all sins and whatever blasphemers, uh, blasphemies they utter. But whosoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness for guilty of an eternal sin because they were saying he has an unclean spirit. So Jesus himself deals with this issue of, am I a liar? He says, okay, let's think about that for a minute. You're saying I'm a Satan. So why would Satan have sent me? Why would Satan send me to cast demons out of people? You're saying I'm a liar. I'm 
possessed of the devil. If I'm possessed of the devil, and Archie has demons, then me and Archie would be on the same team, right? Wouldn't we be wanting, if, if I'm possessed of the devil, if I've got the elves above, and Archie has demons, wouldn't we both be trying to accomplish the same thing in this world? Right? Y'all act like I'm asking complicated questions today. But it is after all these years you've learned sometimes they're trick questions. And there are no trick questions there, I promise you. This is very serious. No trick questions. If I'm possessed by demons and Archie's possessed by demons, why would I cast out the demons that Archie has? If I'm possessed by demons and Archie's possessed by demons, my goal, wouldn't it, be to get Clark to be possessed by demons. And once me and Archie and Clark are possessed by demons, then to get Flair possessed. Wouldn't that be my goal if I was possessed by demons, to get more people possessed by demons? So Christ himself deals with this issue. You can choose it if you want to. Just think about the logic of what you're saying. If he was a liar, it makes no sense. Why would Satan send Jesus? Makes no sense. So he's a liar. He's a lunatic. Or then, in verse 29, your only other option is it is implied here and inferred that whosoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. He says the Holy Spirit is in me. The Holy Spirit is bearing witness to me. So the third option is you have to decide he's a lunatic. And again, as Lewis said, C.S. Lewis said, he's a lunatic on the level of a man who thinks he is a post He is a liar, or he is Lord. Those are the only three options a man has today. Can't settle with this, he's a good teacher stuff. It doesn't work. Couldn't have been a good teacher. Couldn't have been just a good teacher. Make sure I get that said correctly. He couldn't have been just a good teacher. Couldn't have just been a moral man. Couldn't have been moral, just moral, because if he wasn't lower, he was alive, so he's not moral. Couldn't have been just a good teacher, because he said he was the only way to heaven. If he wasn't, he wasn't a good teacher. Liar, lunatic, or Lord. Those are the only three options that we have. You have to choose one of those three. Now, I doubt very seriously there are too many people here, or anywhere for that matter, who have ever just blatantly said Jesus was Satan demon-possessed. Probably many of you, many people have never really thought about the option of calling him crazy. Family did. That's what 
what Scripture says here on that day, that these were the two, three options. He's a lunatic, he's a liar, but he is Lord. So we've got this great, you ever had a dilemma, a dilemma, D-I? We've got a trial He's a lunatic, he is liar, or he is Lord. That's the choices that we have. Philip Shaw, great theologian, great historian, wrote, and I want to read this to get it correct, I want to put words in his mouth. The hypothesis of imposture or liars is so revolting to, to moral as well as common sense that its mere statement is condemnation. How in the name of logic, common sense, and experience could an imposter, that is a deceitful, selfish, depraved man, have invented and consistently maintained from the beginning to the end the purest, noblest character known in history with the most perfect air of truth and reality. How could he have conceived and successfully carried out a plan of unparalleled beneficence, moral magnitude, and sublimity, and then ultimately sacrificed his own life for it in the face of the strongest prejudices of his people and ages? Liar or a lunatic? If he was a lunatic, how did he keep his story straight all those all those years? How many of you in here know something my mama taught me years ago? I, I don't remember much she said. I don't know. A couple of couple things she taught me. This is one I remember. If you tell a lie, eventually you'll have to tell lies to cover that lie. And eventually, you have to tell four lies to cover up those two lies. And eventually, you have to tell eight lies to carry out, cover up those lies. And sooner or later, you're going to lose track of your lies and you're going to get caught. How many of you here know that's true? And yet, when we looked at the story of Jesus Christ throughout his whole ministry, he stayed true. He stayed to the message. If he was crazy, how would he have kept all that straight? If he was alive, would you eventually got caught up in his own lies? You can get by on crazy for a while. Sooner or later, it'll show up. All you got to do is look at politics and see that. Crazy and liars eventually show up. So that leaves us with the third choice. He said he was. He was the Son of God. 
King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who came to this earth to seek and to save that which was lost. That's the only logical, reasonable answer. C.S. Lewis's exact words. He says, I'm trying to prevent anyone from saying the really silly thing that people often say about him. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be Lord. That's the one thing we mustn't say. A man who was merely a man and said of the things Jesus said wouldn't be a great moral teacher. He'd even be a lunatic on level with the man who says he's a poached egg or he'd be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But don't let us come with anything patronizing, any patronizing nonsense about him being a great human teacher. He has left that open for us. He didn't intend to. Know this this morning. If you walk out those doors, if you cut off your internet feed today, with any decision other than He is the Lord, He is who He said He was, He is the Lord of my life, then you have chosen lunatic or lie. The only other two options. That's it. Which will it be today? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. If you leave here this morning, you sign off your internet feed today. And you don't acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life and your Savior. Then you have decided that he is either a lunatic or a liar. here today and you don't know Christ personally, let me encourage you, let me plead with you to accept him as Lord. His life, his actions, his words, everything he did revealed him as Lord. He wasn't a liar. 
He said he loves you. He said he wanted to spend eternity with you. He wasn't crazy. He was on a mission. He was Lord. Do you know him as Lord today? If you don't, I'm going to invite you to come. If you're online, give me a call, uh, email, text, something. Reach out. I'd love to talk to you. Wherever you are, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to be able to talk to you about how you can know him as Lord. You're here today and you say, well, I acknowledge you as Lord. I believe he's saved. Well, is he really Lord in your life? Is he controlling? Is he, is he governing your life? Are you living it the way you want to? Maybe he's not the liar. Maybe we are. We say he's the Lord of our life, but do we live like that? You need to come this morning to kneel and say, Lord, I want you to take absolute control. I want you to be the authority. I want to do your will. I want to be in your will. I submit myself to you today. However, God's leading you. Liar, lunatic, or low. There are only three choices. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. God, we see Mary and family beside your son was beside himself, was a lunatic. Maybe for a good reason. Maybe they were concerned. Whatever reason. They decided that he was a lunatic. Others decided he was demon-possessed. But you, you made your vote. You made it known when you said, as Jesus stepped down into those waters of the Jordan, with your servant John, this is my son, with whom I am well pleased. God, if there's one today in this room, one that's watching online, that doesn't know Christ as Lord, God, did you touch their heart? There's one here today that's Saved and say, I love Christ. But they haven't really made you the Lord of their life. God, if you bring them to this altar to commit to you, we'll give you the glory and the honor for it all. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we stand.